Hi there, let's talk sports fans. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of our fantasy football university, our second episode of four. And this is the show where it's to help you negate the somewhat um, difficult waters of fantasy football at times. And we've got an all-star cast, so... Um, no fantasy football show would be complete on this network without Ryan Larison from Fantasy Football for the People. Thanks for joining me, Ryan. Absolutely, Dan. Uh, I can't wait to uh, get your guys' take on some of the questions that Dan has and, and try and help uh, everybody out in uh, winning their fantasy football leagues. Yep. Um, so, um, Someone was being on this network a couple of times now. Kevin Hickey, of course, of Giants and Colts. Why? Thanks for joining me. Absolutely. Anytime. Thanks for having me. And I've been looking forward to it. And Scott making his second appearance in the university, schooling you on what you should and shouldn't be doing. Thanks for joining me. And I hope you're having a good day, Scott. Having a great day, and it's a uh, it's an honor to be here, and I'm looking forward to this. So, ready to get started. Thanks for that, guys. So, um, a couple of things. First of all, I want to thank one of our sponsors, um, UK American Sports Store, who has kindly donated a cap to um, your NFL team of choice. And all what you need to do to that is every episode from youtube and you'll be entered into draw at the end of the four episodes so we thank them for that um and we also thank one of our sponsors draftkits.co who has offered 10 percent off to anyone that uses the lts code which i will put at the bottom of the stream episode there's someone that reached out to us as we get into fantasy season. So we always thank anyone that partners up with us. So yeah, thanks for getting involved with this event. So um, I guess we get started. And before we get to the first question, Tanner from Sports Buffoon says, what's up, guys? And um, Gary, another voice on this network, says, Howdy, boys. So we thank all of you for your support. Yeah. Um, yep. So I knew they were going to be coming on I here. I wanted to open up with a question. What? Not just for fantasy fans, but people watch running leagues around well, the world. Um, is what is the best size in your experience for for someone to have a league? Is it like ten, twelve? So I thought I'd get. Um, your opinions on anyone that's running a league to help them make it as easy as possible. Speaking from someone with a commissioner of a few leagues, it is challenging at best. And um, I'm sure Ryan has a lot of experience in that, given he's got about 733 leagues at this point. Um, <laughs> so um, if we start off with you, Ryan. Uh the the format that i've liked the most in terms of uh you know league size i usually like to do 12 team uh 10 team i I've, i feel like uh the waiver wire is pretty you know it's not thin enough to where 
it makes it super challenging for people to actually you have to go out there and take some shots on some guys that are going to have some big weeks. But, you know, if you make the wrong call, you're really hurting. <clears throat> but 12 team league, I feel like, is the perfect size for it. Uh, the waiver wires just has enough players where if you need a replacement, they're there. But they're not plentiful. You're not getting guys like, uh, you know, I, I played in a couple 10 team leagues last year where I was picking up like Ramondre Stevenson and dropping him and feeling comfortable about it. You would never do that in a 12 team league unless there was an injury that happened and stuff like that. So right. 12 is good. 14 to 16, that's where you get, you know, that that's a big boys league. You you really got to, you know, you've got to know the fourth wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars and potentially pick him up. So it's uh, that those leagues are definitely – I. I would suggest those for more seasoned players, but 12, I think is the perfect format. It just offers enough challenge for everybody to be able to navigate the wire. And then, uh, you know, I've seen with bigger leagues, you see a lot more people drop out once their team kind of starts to go on the slide a little bit. So I, I like that format much better. Thanks for that, Ryan. And before I hand over to Kevin, I just realized I forgot to shout out your page. Of course, fantasy football for the people so anyone what's in the look for fantasy advice ryan doesn't just write articles or have polls he offers a unique service where you can dm him for advice with drafts or lineups and that's going to be changing this year with paul and gary in our community um a baby on the way trying to grow and build so, um, yeah, you may well regret that, Ryan, but I encourage everyone to check out what Ryan's doing over on his own page and, of course, his very talented articles over at Rollerball. So, uh, yeah, I really appreciate a follow. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it, it's okay that uh, I've, I've just took on even more work at Rotoballer this past week, taking on a couple teams to uh, manage throughout the entirety of the preseason and the regular season too. So when you get your updates from them, those will most likely come from me as well. So, uh, you know, it's, it's okay. You guys can still message me. I'm still going to be able to answer your questions and stuff like that. And I'll get to them as quick as possible when I, when I get the chance. Um, so there you have it. Uh, a someone on the rise. So what better than to buy stock now? So, Please check out his page. Um, so, Kevin, uh, do you have a preference on the size of a fantasy league? Yeah, I kind of uh, kind of agree with Ryan there. I think twelve is kind of the perfect balance of challenge, um, while also having you know not having to do a deep dive into you know who the fourth string wide receiver is and who the rookies on the practice squad are. So, um, you know, it, it also depends. I think just how your league is set up. I mean, if you have a 12 team league, but only seven or eight teams are really competitive or really paying attention, then, you know, it's going to make everything a lot difficult. So I think when it comes to the size, I think a a minimum is 10. I think if you can get 10 teams, that's like Ryan said, um, it kind of, the the rosters are a little stronger. The waiver wire is a little more robust, but at least at that point, you know, you can start to separate the good players from the bad players um, but as long as you have a strong number of like active players, guys that are looking at the waiver wire, guys that are, um, you know, active in trade talks, as long as you have a good core of that, um, then it's going to be a good league. So, but, but I agree, I, you know, I haven't really done a whole lot of 14 team. Whole, I, I don't think I've ever done a 16 team league. Um, but, but yeah, I'd say 12 is probably my 12 is probably the sweet spot. 
What about you, Scott? Do you agree? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, tens too uh, too small. Um, it also depends on the experience level of the people that you have in your league. If if they're just starting out or in their first or second year, then maybe you do a ten team the first year or two, and then you expand it to twelve. Um, and PPR is the way to go, I think, um, mm-hmm. because stand standard is a totally different animal in terms of uh, drafting. Um, PPR, at least you, you have a chance to um, get some guys off the waiver wire that'll help you. Um, standard, there's usually no running backs there. So 12, 10 team PPR, if the experience level is rookie or first or second year, if it's big, if it's larger than that, at 12 team PPR is, is usually the, the, um, the norm in fantasy. So. Um, so. We've got a live comment what piggybacks a little bit on this. Um, Gary asks, how many PPR leagues are too many? And do you guys mostly play best ball, one and done, play fewer leagues? And do you need to set your lineups um, if we start with you, Ron? Uh, I think right now I'm in like 35 different best ball leagues. So that would probably be the majority of leagues that I play in. And yeah, it does make it easier because you don't have to set your lineups. Um, most of those are PPR. My preferred format format is half because I feel like it adds just a yeah. little bit enough of a challenge to where, yeah. you know, it, yes, Keenan Allen is going to be a higher drafted pick in a full PPR. But when he's half PPR, do you take him over certain guys that are going around him just because he gets a little bit of a boost due to, uh, you know, how many receptions that he's getting? Um, in terms of how many leagues or too many leagues, it really depends on what time you got to manage them. Like I, I, I spend way too much time on managing the ones that I'm in that are redraft or dynasty leagues, but I like to advise people like if, you know, if you got like two to three redrafts, you do a lot of best ball because you like to do the drafting aspect. And if you add a dynasty or two in there, I don't think you're, you're going to hurt yourself too much in terms of time constraint because dynasty leagues, yes, you have to, you know, manage it, make sure you're setting your lineups properly. But that's really it. The waiver wire in dynasty leagues is so thin. You're very rarely picking anybody up off of waivers. And when you when you want to go pick somebody up, there's going to be six other guys in your league that want to do the same exact thing because it's it's rare that someone on the waivers is, uh, you know, garnering any sort of attention during the regular season. So, uh, I suggest those because you get to manage those all year long, and you know that'll give you something to do in the, in the downtime. And then during the regular season, you just got to set a lineup and that's it and manage it and watch scores and stuff like that. So, you know, manage what you think you can, you know, you're going to have to sink a good probably half hour to an hour every single week into your league when you're not watching the game. So go off of that kind of uh, baseline, if you will. Yeah. I'm Do you agree enough. with that, Scott? Or is there anything else you want to add? How much time do you have on Wednesday, Wednesday do you wave? That's, that's the whole thing. I mean, last year I was in, I think, over 20 best balls, and I was in 60 leagues, <laughs> set in waiver wired ter- in terms, including my high stakes. So I needed a good three or four hours to do waivers that week, you know, each week just to just to get through it. So um, it, it depends on your Wednesday because that's usually when waivers run Wednesday and Thursday or Thursday, preferably Wednesday. Um, so I would say no more than it, it depends. 20 leagues maybe 25 leagues that'll give you a good two-hour waiver wire period for your whole entire thing so that's what i would go with um any other tips um kevin yeah i just uh you know for me it comes down to 
you know, I think I was in last year, uh, like eight redraft teams. Then I had two dynasty leagues. So it got to the point where if you find it exhausting or frustrating that you have to go to the waiver wire, you're like, Oh man, I got another league to look at. At that point, you probably need to cut it down. Um, cause it's, it is like these guys have said, it's very time consuming. Um, just knowing what players are available, how the different scoring formats work with your team, what you need, what other teams need. So, you know, it, every number is probably different for a lot of people. You know, I wound up having to cut one of my leagues last year or this year. Um, and it sucks cause you don't want to do that. You want to, you know, especially now draft season, everybody's getting hyped for draft season. It's the best time of the year. You know, everybody's optimistic, but when you get to a point where it's not fun to look at the waiver wire, that's when you need to start cutting leagues down. I would agree with that. So, our next question is, so everybody loves a sleeper receiver to add to your team during the draft. So, I thought this would be a good topic to get and ask your opinion who people should be looking at there as their sleeper receivers if we start with you Ron I'll hammer someone that I've been hammering on previous shows but just to kind of get the input of you guys as well uh I've been grabbing Alec Pierce wide receiver for the Colts with my second to last to last pick in pretty much every single draft that I've been in unless somebody has you know read my work and then they snag him in like the 10th round and then message me just to spite me um which has happened a little too often unfortunately I, I love the fact that uh, Matt Ryan is there now in Indianapolis. I think that the the passing offense is just going to work more efficiently, if that's if that's a good way to put it. I, I, I think Carson Wentz did fine last year in terms of statistical output. Uh, Michael Pittman was a fine fantasy asset. But behind him, there was there was just a hodgepodge of receivers that they were trying to work into the, the passing game, and it just didn't work out. Alec Pierce – is what they should is the type of receiver that they needed last year. And now they've got the one quarterback in the NFL that likes to hyper target his number two wide receiver in uh, the red zone more than probably any quarterback in the league right now. Um, so I think the pairing with Matt Ryan is perfect. He has the perfect skill set to be able to succeed in Indianapolis. And then on top of that, you, uh, he, he was just, he, he's got like, he's got like that dominator, uh, factor to him when you watch some of his college tape it's not it's not the most productive in terms of stats but he I mean he scored eight touchdowns in his final season there 52 receptions that's a high touchdown to reception total so I I just like the pairing there you're spending such a late round pick on him that you don't really have to worry about if he hits or not you can just drop him um you know after the first couple of weeks if you don't like it but the way that I put it is, is, you know, from 20, this is the favorite set that I have from 2016 to 2020 for Matt Ryan. He threw 26 total touchdowns to his number one wide receiver. His number two wide receiver at the time had 37. He just likes to hyper target his number two wide receiver in the end zone. And that plays to Alec Pierce's strengths. So I think that, I think that that right there is going to, you know, lead to some fantasy production. And he's one of the rookie wide receivers that just doesn't really get talked about in this rookie class, which makes sense. But I I like being able to take the value on him and, uh, you know, snag him in almost any league that I have and see if he can work out within the first two weeks. Um, Scott, do you have anyone you're keeping your eye on or what you think people should be? So I'll, I'll give you two. 
Uh, Kadarius Tony with the Giants is my first one. And um, you can get him in the double-digit rounds. And if you remember last year what he did against Dallas, 10 catches, 180 yards, and I, I believe it was two touchdowns. It could have been one, but I know it was definitely one. Um, and then the next game against the Giants, he uh, next game he basically was the guy that Daniel Jones went to that whole first drive, and then he got hurt. So to me, um, that spells that, you know, Galladay is there. He's struggling right now in Giants camp. Um, Sterling Shepard is just an afterthought, basically. Um, so I, I would go with Kadarius Tony because if he stays healthy, he's going to hit big for you in the, as a wide receiver four or five if you draft him that way. Um, and my second guy is Isaiah McKenzie as a deep sleeper. He's running with the ones right now. He's only got Jameson Crowder in front of him. Um, Jameson Crowder is a, a, a good receiver, not a great receiver. Isaiah McKenzie against the Patriots last year was uncoverable. 10, 10 catches, 120-something yards, and a touchdown. So if Isaiah McKenzie vaults into that number three role and that starting slot position, he could, he could pan out really nicely for you because, remember, Josh Allen – peppered Cole Beasley with targets in a lot of games. So those two guys right there, and I'm going to piggyback off Ryan, Alec Pierce. He's only got uh, Paris Campbell in his way, and Paris Campbell's not the picture of health. So if Campbell gets hurt for whatever reason, there's no T.Y. Hilton there. Um, Pierce could hit for you big, and he's a late, late round draft pick. So those guys right there, if you can hit big on those guys, those could be league winners for you. So those guys for me. Yep, love that. I'm Former here, McKenzie's having a monster camp. And in regard to a tiny um, suggestion, we've got someone that might have some insight uh, next up in Kevin. Yeah, I love uh, love all those three picks, especially, you know, uh, my guy Alec Pierce. I was pounding the table for the Colts to draft him. Um, he's doing – he's having a really good camp. Going up against Stephon Gilmore too, so that's going to help him uh, develop along the way. But uh, I, I've been – I've been coming around a lot on uh, Christian Kirk. I mean, I know he's dealing with the ankle injury right now, but, you know, they paid him an insane amount of money, the Jaguars did, in free agency. And while they did overpay for him, um, he's going to step right into that role as the number one wide receiver. You know, I think he can push for a 21% target share, 22% target share in that offense. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was not good by any means last year, but – you know, I'm I'm willing to give him a pass for the Urban Meyer situation and just the the way the whole offense was preparing week to week and the whole way they were game planning or lack of game planning. Um, but I just think with Christian Kirk's skill set, you know, he's a he's a guy that's going to play the Z receiver spot. He's going to be kind of like a vertical slot. Um, he's got good speed. He's turning into a pretty good route runner. So I think as long as he stays healthy, I think the target share is going to be there for him. They paid him a lot of money. They invested in him. So, you know, you have that going for him. Um, and I just think there's going to be so much opportunity in this uh, in this Jaguars offense for him to take a large target share. And that's the kind of it's the kind of stuff you look for. You know, I think in the, I think he's going in the eighth, ninth round in 12 team uh, drafts. So, you know, I think just the opportunity, the talent, the investment that the Jaguars made. He's he's a pretty big sleeper for me right now. Yeah, and Dan, I'll piggyback off that real quick. I've got some hate because of my rankings. I got him right at wide receiver 25. He's like right at that wide receiver two line. And that's just after projections. Like you said, I got him him at 28. Yeah, it's and people are like, oh, my God, he's never going to get there. I don't understand why you have him ranked so high. I think you're 100% right. There's no reason why he can't. If he ends the season inside the top 24, I'm not going to be shocked. But I feel like the fantasy community is, and I don't. 
I don't really understand why when he's paired with Trevor Lawrence got paid to be the number one and they've got, uh, you know, a head coach there that actually knows how to run an offense exactly. other than Urban Meyer. Hardway, I mean, I can't speak about from a fantasy point of view, but I think everyone looks at what the Jaguars were last year and forget what the season Christian Kirk had and look at that overpay and we all agree it was an overpay. But that's more reason why they'll use him. They've got to use him if you look at their offense. And then you look at the talent of Trevor Lawrence, because you mentioned the talent of Christian Cook. It also comes into if Trevor Lawrence reaches anything close to the potential second season he can have, then you've got a bit of a sleeper there in him. So I think uh, maybe people are sleeping on him, looking at the situation. So... There's a sort of boom and bust potential there, and I think it's mostly going to be bust from my point of view. Yeah, no, that's um, so understandable. The next question I wanted to ask you is, it's always hard to know where to get your information from a fantasy point of view. So I was going to get each of you to shout out someone you depend on for information. And uh, Ryan, um, I know uh, for a lot of the community that will be you. Um, but, um, is there someone uh, you depend on for your information? Of course, absent of your number one content creator, that being yourself. Uh, I mean, I don't want to make it sound like a shameless plug, but I use Rotoballer for so much before you I even started do it, working man. there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, I work for maybe I'll get some sort of raise or something, a little extra in my check. Um, I, I I love using Rotoballer. I mean, there's other sites out there that give me like the player news and stuff like that. Sleeper app does that, but they also use Rotoballer. So it kind of goes hand in hand. Um, NBC Sports Edge has used stuff before where I've gone and looked at their player news and stuff like that. My big thing is trying to because I, I can get all the stats and numbers that I want from tons of different places on the internet. And I do a lot of them on my own as well during the season to create my own spreadsheets and stuff like that. But uh, I need to know about player news. I need to know when a guy goes down and gets hurt during the season. I need to know, you know, who's getting cut in the off season, who's getting signed so I can make my moves in all my leagues, especially dynasty formats and stuff like that. Um, so, I, I mean, it's a cop-out, but I use Rotoballer for pretty much all of that stuff. I did before I started working for him, so that would have been my answer then, and it's going to be my answer now. So hopefully you guys have something different. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, particularly if they're paying your paychecks. So, um, yeah, um, Scott, is it the same? And also, do you have an interview lined up with Rotoballer so you can get paid by them? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Ryan can get me in somehow, but um... – this this two two gentlemen that I go to, this, I'm signed up to to a few sites. I'm signed up to Fantasy Points. I'm signed up to Rollerball. I'm signed up to RotoWire. I'm signed up to a couple other sites too. Um, but there's two gentlemen that I go to a lot, and it's Jim Coventry and Bob Harris with a lot of my questions, a lot of my, you know, what they think. Um, you know, I just in the last year or two, it's picked up to where where I've been able to to, you know, go to Bob. Harris with any questions I have. Jim Coventry, I've known for th for four or five years, um, and they both do great jobs. I mean, with with the content they provide, they're on Sirius Radio, um, so that's where I go to a lot of the time. 
I have some other people I go to, but for the most part, it's those two and any site that I sign. I'm signed up to five different sites. So I'm, I'm, you know, there's not a lot of differentiation in the information, but there is some in terms of one site will have a, a jump on a quicker. They're going to sign this guy, you know, a wide receiver, and you pick him up and you see how he does because he could be starting that week. Um, but that's where I go. Those are the, the, the people I mainly go to, so. Is there anyone you depend on for your information, Kevin? Yeah, I depend on a lot of people. Um, it, uh, you know, I, I think they're, like the guys said, there's a lot of, um, there are a lot of sites now where you can, you can find the deep dive articles on statistics. You know, like I'm a big uh, Rotoviz fan. I think they do a lot of good stuff. I think they have a lot of good information just in terms of uh, statistics and really finding, um, you know, deeper plays and stuff like that. Um, you got the, the big guys like, the fantasy footballer, JJ Zacharyson, and, you know, I listen to them a lot. Um, and then, you know, I, I, I follow this one account on Twitter. I don't know the handle. I think the handles, I think it's like at 32 beat writers or something like that. It's, yeah. it's uh, the NFL beat writer. So basically he just uh, retweets a bunch of um, news and notes from, from training camp and from a bunch of the beat writers around the, around the league. Um, and then I gotta, I gotta plug my wire sites. Um, you know, the NFL wire, just part of USA today, we have a site for every team. Um, and we just, our big thing is putting out content, right? Like we want to put out as much content as we can, as much information. And even though it may not be a total focus on fantasy football, you're going to be able to find a lot of information, a lot of tidbits, um, with those, uh, with those sites. So, you know, I got to shout out my, got to shout out my network there. So, but yeah, there's a, you're, you can just do a quick Twitter search and you'll find a lot of information, a lot of statistics. There's a lot of, it's really blowing up on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Twitter's a really good resource, especially like you said, Kevin, for the beat reporters and stuff like that. That's, that's where you get a lot of information that doesn't even get reported on sites right. that, you know, we work for even unless it's team specific and it's a real deep dive, but there's stuff on there that you can find out uh, about, especially right now about some depth pieces that, could impact uh, starters uh, come, you know, week one. And maybe you can get a, a leg up on knowing who that, like, random breakout is when you right. didn't expect them to come out. Yeah. Yeah, make no mistake. A lot of what we talked about, they're national guys. If you right. go to the beat writers who cover the team day in and day out, you can glean a lot of information from what they're writing and what they're saying. So if you get a chance to go to specifically to the, to the team's newspaper, to the city's newspaper, and the beat writers are there, read that article really carefully and you can get some information out that might yeah. help help you in a pickup or, or your team. So I agree with that. And um, I'll shout out mine, of course, one last and from fantasy football for the people look from someone what up to a year ago hadn't played fantasy football and when I approached Ryan um he had time to like teach me and reform the working relationship and the friendship. So anyone that wants fantasy football explained, not just with statistics, but in a easy to follow, then um, check out his content. And I do thank him for school with me. Hey, you've been one of my best students, Dan. I mean, in one year you've got teams that I'm, pretty jealous of that i didn't get the chance to draft myself and you stole all my guys in our uh, co-host league so you got a great team it just proves i'll read your articles um, 
So, the other question I did want to ask all of you is, moving to tight ends, is there any sleeper tight ends what people are keeping their eye on? Uh, for me, it's Tyler Conklin. For one, it's Rangi. One of the few Jets players I can draft and justify not being a homer pick as my tight end too. So shout out to Paul for also having that tactic. Um, Brian, is there anyone you've got your eye on? And I think I know might know the answer to this. Yeah, I'll shamelessly plug again so I don't have to go into crazy amounts of detail. I just wrote about this player on Roto Baller. Uh, got posted this morning. Uh, Gerald Everett goes in the 14th round of uh, most of the drafts that I've done, and I'm usually picking them in the 13th just so I make sure I have the chance to have them. If I swing and miss on tight end, especially I like to try and target the Dalton Schultzes and the Cole Komets because that's around that six-round six range for Schultz and then the 9-10 turn for uh, Komet. If I can't get one of those guys, I'm auto-picking uh, Gerald Everett in like the 12th, 13th, or 14th round. Um, I, he just – We've hyped him up as a sleeper for fantasy in the past, but the problem is, is he's never been in the correct offense. Last year, we thought he had a chance. Russell Wilson gets hurt for the first time in his career. He has to deal with Geno Smith and then the ghost of Russell Wilson and his passing ability after he came back, and it just didn't work out. And he put up some decent numbers at times. So uh, now he gets to go into L.A. Uh, for the Chargers. He gets to take over the Jared Cook role where Jared Cook got 83 targets last year and only managed to catch 48 of them. That was, I think, the 44th lowest catch percentage of all tight ends that scored inside the top 45 for fantasy purposes. Uh, that's not going to happen with Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett is a better player than the shell of what Jared Cook has once been. Um, so the target share is going to be there. It's going to be the highest target share that he's seen in his entire career. He's never surpassed 63 targets in an entire season. He's got no real competition. Donald Parham is a good player. He's not a starting tight end in the NFL, and he's definitely not a better player than Gerald Everett is. So all the reports coming out that he might take some of that starting role, I think are, you know, complete bull. And it, he's in the, he's paired with the perfect quarterback. Um, even as the fourth target, um, in, in the red zone for the Chargers last season, Cook scored four times on only like 11 targets, which is uh, an insanely high number of uh, touchdowns for someone who only had 11 targets at a tight end position as a fourth target for his own team. So I'm very high on him. I think he's got a high touchdown ceiling. I think he's got the chance to break inside that top 12 this year, and you're getting him at like tight end 16 or 17 price with one of your last few picks in a draft. So I, I really like his upside, and – if I can't get on one of those two guys, like I mentioned previously, he's he's an auto pick for me. Um, and it was who I thought it was. Um, Scott, is there anyone you've got your eye on? Yeah, I mean, if I don't get a, a Zach Ertz type in a draft, which which I I love him this year, based on the first the first six games, David Njoku was my guy, and you can get him late in drafts as well. He's going to be option number two in the passing game especially with Jacoby Brissett's not. Jacoby Brissett's not throwing the ball deep. He, you know, Amari Cooper may have trouble getting catches in games or getting targets. Njoku's a guy that will run over the middle, freaking nature athlete, can is bigger than cornerbacks, is faster than linebackers, and he just got paid. He's making $14 million this year. So they're going to use him. They're going to use him a lot. I, I think with Brissett starting, I think – the, the game plan is just going to be simply run the ball, 
and either dump it down or get it to the tight end in the middle of the field. Brissett will rely on Najoku a lot. He, you know, last year he had 53 targets, 36 catches. I think he can outdo that easily. I think he's looking at 100 targets this year, pretty close. I think he's looking at 50 to 60 catches. And he's probably going to be the preferred red zone target as a, in the passing game. So I, I like him this year a lot. Uh, you're getting him late in drafts, 14th, 15th round. I've been getting him a lot. I've been taking him. I'm totally happy with him. You know, if I don't get Ertz, I'm waiting for the Komet types, um, the Njoku types, the Gerald Everett types. I'm waiting for those types of guys because, you know, a lot of guys are, are taking the Kelseys and the, and the top tight ends. I'm perfectly happy waiting for Komet and Njoku. So Njoku is my guy for sure. I think he's going to have a huge season this year for Cleveland. Um, Kevin, is there any tight you love as sleeper picks? Yeah, I was going to say Njoku. I think that's a great, great selection. Um, I think he's, I think, uh, I think it might have been Rich Rebar who said it. Uh, recently it was like Jacoby Brissett has like the third most tight end targets of his career over the last like five years or something like that. So, um, yeah, I, I love the Njoku pick. And, uh, you know, the guy that I'm, I haven't been in on a whole lot this off season, but I'm starting to come around, um, is Albert Guebanam, uh, for the, for the Broncos. It's a riskier pick, um, just because he hasn't really done anything in the NFL, but, He's a freak athlete. That's what we want in, in tight ends. Um, whenever you want to break out tight end or a sleeper tight end, they have to be a good athlete. And they, it's kind of just a baseline um, for them to kind of creep up into that top eight, top five range. Um, you know, we got a new quarterback, Russell Wilson. We know how great he's been. Um, he hasn't targeted the tight end position a whole lot throughout his career. But when you have a guy like a Guaybanon who has that kind of athleticism, there's always potential there. Um and unfortunately, the the injury to Tim Patrick, who tore his ACL, um, yeah. he's out for the season. That's going to open up a lot more targets over the middle for him. So it's a bit of a riskier pick. Um, and like I said, I'm not 100% sold on him, but I definitely think the opportunity could be there. Uh, and then coupled that with his, with his athleticism, um, he's going to get a lot of one-on-one looks over the middle. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if you know, he starts to creep into that top 10, top 8 uh, range. And you can get him cheap. You can get him real cheap. I think he's got kind of like that Hunter Henry type of yeah. play to him for New England, where it's not going to be consistent. But right. without Tim Patrick there, Hamler's not the same wide receiver that Patrick is. He likes no. to stretch the field and be a big play guy. So right. I think they're going to have to use a Guaybanom because I'm like you. I was not. I've not been in on him. And then once yeah. Patrick went down, it's like, ugh. Now I have to be. In. Kind of have to be exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and Russ didn't go to the other hand the ball off 30 times to, nope. to uh, Javante and Melvin. So right. he's going to get targets for sure. Yeah. So. Uh-huh. Love that. And um, before we wrap things up, there's just one a quick fire question. Tanner from Sports Buffoon says, who's the guy each of you watch for this week, the first week of the preseason games? Um. Ron, if we start with you, and is it AJ Brown? <laughs> no, because we know how good we know how good AJ Brown is. I don't need to see him play in the preseason. Um, I actually am going to go to a rival team, and I I think he's playing. I got to relook at reports, but uh, Wandale Robinson of the New York Giants. Uh, he's become one of the players that I'm drafting pretty much in every draft. Towards the end, if I can't get Alec Pierce, Wandale Robinson is the guy that I'm going to grab because. 
there's been reports that are coming out of Giants camp where he's basically solidified himself as a starting slot receiver. If I'm correct, Sterling Shepard is hurt. Is that right, Kevin? He hasn't even participated yet, has he? Yeah, yeah. He's still coming back from the Achilles. Yeah, so which is which is devastating enough, and he's thirty years old. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and I've always been a big supporter of Sterling Shepard because I think yeah. he's a great player, just with a bad injury history. And they like to throw the slot in New York, no matter who's been the coordinator there. They always seem to have the slot receiver pretty hyper targeted. Mm-hmm. So um, I think if he's going to be the starting slot receiver for the Giants, he's already got tons of rave reviews out of camp. Uh, this is a brand new offense with Dayball at head coach. I think he's got the the potential to really break out and be. Uh, one of the better fantasy rookie wide receivers that uh, scores tons of points this year. There's a lot of guys that didn't get drafted in that first round that people are talking about for fantasy that aren't getting talked about that I think could easily outproduce them because of the offense that they're in. I think Wandale is one of those guys. So I'm definitely looking for him this weekend uh, to see if he can you know, put up some good numbers against uh, number two and number three uh, defenses. Um, Scott, is there anyone um, you'll be watching this week? Yeah, I've heard a lot of buzz about this situation. It's the Chiefs' backfield. Is Ronald Jones as bad as the reports are coming out? And is Isaiah Pacheco as good as everybody's saying he is? If Pacheco is as good as everybody's saying he is, then the Ronald Jones shares that everybody was drafting, he may be cut. They're talking about even cutting him from the team this year. It's not a huge uh, financial blow to them, but, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been underwhelming the first two years. So this this struggle in that backfield may work out to his benefit. And I think Isaiah Pacheco, if he if he's as good as, as the Chiefs are letting out, he could be somebody you're looking at as a, a really big-time sleeper late in draft. So I'm looking at the Chiefs' backfield situation, what Andy Reid's going to do. Um, in terms of that, I don't think CEH is going to play. I think he's, he's going to look at Pacheco, McKinnon, and Ronald Jones and figure figure out who is number two and who is number three. Yeah. So that's what I'm watching. Okay. Flat pink. Um, Kevin, is there anyone you're watching? Yeah, yeah. I mean, first week of the preseason, I mean, it's big. You know, I'd say about five months ago, I, I was begging for the preseason. We're going to get into the first quarter tonight, and you know we're going to be begging to turn it off. But um, <laughs> You're not no, I, I, I'm going to stick with the Chiefs too. I I, I really want to see how Sky Moore, uh, rookie second round pick, how he kind of fits into the offense. Um, you know, he's been kind of on and off with injuries here and there, but they've been moving him around the formation. They've been trying to get him targets, get him touches. Um, and I was a big Sky Moore fan coming out of coming out of college, so. Uh, I'm really excited to see how he does. And then another rookie um, who I kind of want to keep my eye on is uh, Traylon Burks, just because it's been so up and down with him between the asthma stuff, between the conditioning. And, you know, then you see some clips. He's looking pretty good against, you know, uh, Roger McCreary, the other uh, rookie that they drafted, the cornerback. Um, so it's it's kind of um, it's kind of going to be interesting to see how how he, you know, is he running with the twos, with the threes? Um, cause he's, you know, he's a big guy, he's a big playmaker, but you know, it's, it might take a while for him to get assimilated into the offense. So those are two guys that I'll be keeping my eye out on, uh, this weekend. I, I will say if Traylon Burks does not hit this year, that Tennessee offense is, is going to be, be brutal. I think. It's going to be, be really bad. bad, really, really bad. So they need him in a big time way to hit yeah. this year. Absolutely. Audrey, um, that's the danger of the move, what they make, because there's a pressure on any rookie, but they don't just need him to do well. 
they essentially need him to beat AJ Brown, and that's a lot of pressure given his production. So we'll see. Um, I just um, want to say a couple of things. I want to thank um, all of you for coming on today. Uh, me and Ryan's uh, been looking forward to this for a while, and it's a little bit something a bit different, a virtual event like this. So um, I just want, I'm sure Ryan would agree with me, that we just want to thank uh, Kevin and Scott for helping out. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Thank you. Uh, just to get any more voices on here that have a good, you know, fantasy background uh, to get, you know, just differing opinions, different players that they like and stuff like that. It's it's better than hearing me drone on for an hour about the guys that I love every single week. And I pick the same guys out because I'm never going to change them. So uh, I appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, I know Dan does as well. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be able to get you guys on again in the future and talk some more fantasy football. Absolutely. Absolutely. Appreciate the offer. Thank you. Yeah. Anytime. Anytime you need me back, you just ask. No problem. Old man's got already talking about other areas and he's making um, a couple more visits and Kevin's going to be helping me with some of had the vision round tables, uh, talking cults for us. So looking forward to that. So there'll be a little bit of a break from the university in the next ones in 10 days time looking forward to that a few new voices coming on so everyone keep your eye out for that and um kevin or scott is there anything either of you want to promote um before we wrap things up uh no just just enjoy draft season it's here and it's hot and heavy so enjoy it you know draft well you know get any resource you can look at it um, if you if you like like a resource, then then invest in that fully. So there it is. That's that's the perfect way to say it. Thanks for that, guys. Uh, thank you to everyone for tuning in, um, and also everyone in the comments. It's been very active, and it really does help the episode. So yeah, uh, me and Ryan will be back on Sunday with all your NFL news and spoiler alert, there will be some fantasy content as well. I've got plans to so keep your eye out for that. And until next time, let's talk sport fans. Thanks for watching. <laughs>